0: Hi,
1: I'm John Roberts. I'm
0: Jess Fishlock. This is Owen Tina Jones. I'm Owen Vaughan Williams.
1: This is Tash Harden. And you you are listening to Coleman Had a Dream podcast. podcast.
0: Hello, and welcome to another Coleman Had a Dream podcast. Uh, I'm here as ever with Ruth. Hello, Ruth.
1: Hello, from what is actually a rather sunny washington state today it's like the day of the year to get some sun over here
0: oh it's bloody pouring down here it's miserable Um, we are going to be talking about the israel and belgium reruns and uh, obviously two very very important and exciting victories on the road to euro 2016 Um, obviously we're going to start with the israel game Um, in terms of the lineup ruth um, with james chester being injured uh, as he was I don't really think there were many surprises there were there?
1: No I think uh, at that point Collins was the, the obvious sub in for Chester but, but of course the change compared to the earlier games was they'd gone back to the back five so it was interesting that we'd had the success playing the back four or in the previous rounds and then now sort of progressed on again to the to the back five um again I can I can see the merits of it in this game you can see, you can certainly see the merits of it in the in the Belgium game um it was it, yeah that was, I think that was the interesting change rather than necessarily the, the the who was playing it was the how we were playing
0: I agree I think the looking at it I think obviously Israel up, and, up until this point had won all of their games um as well so I guess they were looking at them kind of being a, a very tough proposition They they would not long beaten the the top seeds in the group Bosnia 3-0 so I mean they were obviously a side in form and maybe Coleman thought we'll revert back to the the plan of of days gone by where we're just going to kind of sit in well we won't concede and we will see what we can do going forward which obviously became our modus operandi but also I, I thought it when looking back at the, the the setup in general, I think this is the first time you can see Coleman is really deciding, this is what we're going to do because this gets the best out of Bale and Ramsey.
1: I agree. And you can also see Taylor and Guntz kind of growing into that sort of, you know, wide wing-back position in terms of pressing up when they need to playing defensively when they need to and, and taking on the role of a, a genuine winger when they need to. I mean, the, the level of their crossing from both of them, in fairness, was great in this game. And I think um, it kind of pulled everything together, didn't it? I mean, the result undoubtedly made it very difficult to then do some, something else in the in some the games when you play this way away from home against this opposition. But I think it also... Um, provided an opportunity to show that you can be solid with effectively a three at the back and still be very solid and and have Taylor and Guntra in much more transitional roles, um, which, again, you see happen, perhaps not so much in the Belgium game, but, but further down the line.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, looking back at the way we played as well, this kind of suited us massively in that i mean it kind of everything that you would have wanted to happen in a perfect world happen you get a goal at the bad time for the opposition you then capitalize on that straight away you play on the break you play to your strengths and their weaknesses and it kind of as you say it was the first time that it was it came across like i think this is the the best way to play for us and like you say i thought taylor and gunter were much better in attacking senses than they had been um I still wasn't convinced, again, by watching it back at their final balls, but I mean, there was definitely an improvement there.
1: Yeah, there um, was there was a growth, wasn't
0: there? Oh, absolutely. And uh, yeah, as a consequence, it definitely worked. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to generalise too much, but I, I felt like in the first half, it kind of played exactly how we wanted it to, to play. Like we sat deep-ish, didn't push them too high, like press them too high up the pitch but when we did, we broke quickly we were dynamic and aggressive when we had the ball and we looked a threat, you know, every time we did get the ball Um, and I didn't really think, I think Hennessy made one kind of stellar save but apart from that, I don't really think Mm -hmm. he was tested particularly
1: No, I I agree, I think um, having gone into that game You'd have, we, I think we'd have been happy with the draw looking at how they how they'd been playing in previous games yeah. if we'd have come out with a draw from that game based on what actually happened on the field we'd have been really disappointed because <laughs> yeah. that you know we outplayed them definitely easily um the opening sort of 10 15 minutes I thought were pretty messy possession was just going backwards and forwards yeah. uh, there was there wasn't really any flow to it you know when you when you look at a portion of play and you think Chris Gunter is the best player of our players for a 15-minute period, then something's not quite working right, yeah. <laughs> you know, even, even as much as I love him. Um, and then from about the 20-minute mark, I thought Ramsey settled down. And I think actually that might have been the key change in the sort of tempo of the game. I think, I think he slotted into his place better and, and almost gave Ledley and Allen a little bit more space to kind of do what they needed to do we weren't dropping back quite as much and I think we suddenly just looked tidier and and more more in control of the game at that point
0: yeah I'd agree I think it's interesting you mentioned the 20 minute mark because that was when the first proper chance came and I did think that shifted the game in every way obviously Collins um, and Neil Taylor cross from the back post or was it Bale actually I think this one but it was Bale yeah yeah, kind of a Evaded everyone, and I mean, really, I mean, he's got a score there. He stood on the ball rather than kicked it, and anyone, pretty much anyone else on the pitch, in fact, you you know, probably scores there. Um, But that did happen at the twenty-minute mark, and I think what that did—it's interesting—you were talking about Ramsey there. I think that actually had an effect on them. I think it may have been the first time because they'd often scored early goals, Israel before then. So I think this was the first time they hadn't got an early goal, and all of a sudden, the opposition had looked to be the threat instead Mm -hmm. of them. And I think it panicked them. And I think what happened was they allowed there to be a big gap between the defense and the midfield. I I felt like the defense dropped off a little bit and the midfield tried to push up to try and keep pressing. And as a, as a consequence, it, um, disabled their kind of fluidity, but also as you say, allowed Ramsey to have a bit more space in there to him for him to do what he did. And the amount of times that balls got picked off and Bale almost broke and ran at people mm-hmm. and you know that that I, f- I felt like that gap really widened and showed um, the more the game wore on. Um, and it's ironic really that we played that way and all of this happened. Um, and then the goal, you know, we talk about how this new three five two system kind of helped us play on the break and be more expansive and everything else and the goal really comes from Wayne Hennessy just trying to lump the ball upfield and get to half time
1: yeah I mean all of the goals actually had that sort of element of um, either a ricochet or you know as you say Hennessy's clear just watching the clock or the the later goals aren't they from ours as Pressing, for example. So there's no, there's nothing kind of um, flowing particularly about them, although although there's a lot of play in the game where we are flowing. Yeah, I agree. Um, but you, you have to smile at, at that particular first goal with with Wayne. Literally, just he's just booting it out the field, yeah, yeah. isn't he? Um, and uh, obviously. The timing, I think, is actually what makes the big difference. I'd, I'd forgotten just literally how on the on the whistle that goal was, um, and I think from a Israeli point of view, obviously they thought they they would have been feeling that they'd weathered a little bit of a storm at, towards the end of that uh, that half, and then t- to go in one down, um, particularly when that t- the time that was added, was added because of an injury to their player very, very late yeah. in the half. There'd been very few stoppages in the half until that until that point, point. Um, so that must have been particularly frustrating. Uh, but I, I like the fact that we just kept going. You know, we used every second of, of that half and, and it paid off.
0: Yeah, I agree. And it was... Um as you say, it was kind of time that was almost, that was about to be added on for an injury to Mm -hmm. their play and there weren't many stoppages Um, and it was a very un-Wales-like goal in the way that we Mm -hmm. kind of associate with the way we play and also, you know, I know Ramsey scored that header against Hungary to qualify us for what will now be, I don't know, Euro 2085 (laughs) but he, um, you know, I, it's not if you were going to put money on someone scoring a header, right? I don't think I would have put my money on Rambo. And it's just a lump forward. If you look at it, when I looked back at it as well, I thought, in my memory, and we've said this so many times, your memory is been tricks on you, but in my memory, the ball hadn't touched the ground. In my memory, it got lump, lump long. Hal flicked it to... Uh, to Bale, Bale mm-hmm. then tries to just nod it into an area, and from there Ramsey heads it. And I, well, in looking at it back, I didn't—I'd I'd forgotten that Hal misses his header by about. Yeah. I mean, the ball's nowhere near. he's about ten feet away from the thing. <laughs> yeah. And then Bale actually just kind of just keeps it up, just puts the ball up in the air, doesn't he? Yeah. And, and it's, I—it was such a, a like a, such an accurate header, mm-hmm. um, and it was brilliant. And I, one of the things I enjoyed most about it, other than the timing and obviously the importance. When I watched back, Iwan Roberts goes absolutely mental, but lets off like he lets off like a scream. Like at one point, I thought I thought like an eight year old had taken over Co-coms. <laughs>
1: um
0: it was uh, it was glorious. But you know on on a serious on a serious note, just to go back to what you were saying there, the the timing of things really made a difference. And I think that is that's I think that was the first time they'd gone behind in a game. Um, it was certainly the first time they kind of hadn't been in control of a game. And they kept saying it on the commentary, it felt like the wheels were coming off a bit. And, you know, after half time, that completely proved to be the case, didn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, as you say, it was the first time that some real questions had been asked of them. Um, and, and it being the fourth game of, of their series, you know, they must, they would have gone into it fairly confidently and perhaps overconfidently in hindsight. Um, I enjoyed having uh Yuan as a as a contrast, but um like where was rats. It was just like <laughs> It was bizarre, wasn't it? <laughs> it was strange. Um I'd forgotten that um Yuan Roberts ended up covering covering this one. Um, he is there's there's no screen with Yuan, is there? He's, he's you know, he's like he is living with his uh, heart on on his sleeve when he's watching yeah. Wales. I think uh Kevin Ratcliffe, I think, has um learned to be a bit more of a a bit more of a professional co-commentator if that if that makes, I gonna, if that I, makes I would, sense.
0: I I still have professional and in inverted commas sometimes <laughs> when it comes to rats <laughs> to be honest.
1: Um, so no I I enjoyed that. Um, although when we get to the Belgium game, I think um, I think rats and, and Danny Gabardon like they have their moments as well, don't they? Um, and then obviously moving on to the to the second half I think you know, talking about timing again. It obviously, well, you, you've got you've got the substitution of Ledley um, first, uh, which was unfortunate. But I actually thought Dave Vaughan came on and and had quite a good a, quite a good game, to be honest. But then was straight into um, Bale's free kick, uh, which is another one of his beauties.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, and uh, the one thing I found interesting about the Vaughan substitution is that the first two or three times he got the ball. He either played a weak pass or he was kind of a slightly misplaced pass. And and again, I remember, like, again, your memory's is tricking you, but like I can remember thinking, like, oh, God. Um, but actually, after that, he really did grow into the game and kind of was very confident on the ball, I thought, and moved the ball well. And like you say, all of a sudden, it gets to a point in the game and, and Bale just... Uh, just takes over in the space of mm-hmm. a few minutes. I mean, again, I know we're jumping a little bit ahead, but the lad gets himself sent off basically from the same thing twice. Um, Bale just running at him. But um, the the free kick itself, you know, again, in the co-coms, in the comms, they were saying, oh, you know, will he, has he got enough room to get it up and over the wall from here? Will he yeah. shift the ball off to someone else? It was just like, no, no, not to worry. I mean, they, they even had someone, that's my abiding memory of that goal is someone sprinting back on the line. And Mm -hmm. the guy got there just in time to see the ball whistle past his face and straight into the back of the net. I mean, that is is an absolutely sublime free kick.
1: The amount of dip is incredible because it's not even as though it just gets under the bar, is it? Or clips the the lower side of the bar and goes in. I mean, it's feet below the bar when it goes into the goal.
0: Yeah, it's almost, I would say, I mean, maybe like, a th- like a third of the go- like a third of the way yeah. down the post it was it was a remarkable strike and you look on the there's an angle from behind where you can actually see like how much the ball moves and whips in the air and it is just such a phenomenal goal and at that point obviously um you know a few minutes later the lad gets himself sent off and and really mm-hmm. that's that's kind of that's kind of job done there really isn't it
1: yeah 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 I mean we we do take the foot off the gas a little bit after that. And I can't blame us, to be honest. I was going to uh, say, I felt like that was a more I, of a good thing to
0: manage the game, you know, the, uh, some, the position we perhaps hadn't been in so much, which maybe even helped us in the next game, where we didn't have to do too much. We just had to be sensible and keep the ball at the right time. And, you know, if we could nick a third, nick a third, which is mm-hmm. obviously exactly what happened. I, as an away performance, I, I I don't think you can ask much more than that.
1: No, I agree. I mean, I think... Uh, TB brought it on himself, didn't it? You have two, you have two lunges like that in such quick succession. You're not going to be anywhere but heading for the showers. Um, I think um, I think your your comment about just kind of like growing up and knowing what we're doing and getting better at managing games and not not pressing, uh, not hurrying, not harrying, not risking extra yellow cards, all that sort of thing. You can see that maturity growing in all of these games, can't you?
0: Oh, massively. And, and I think it really shows, again, like I said, just coming into that Belgium game, I think everyone had stepped up now. And I think we'd gone from that mm-hmm. nil-nil in bel- Belgium, a game we previously probably would have lost. Um, you know, someone would have made a silly mistake or something. And it's just like, oh my God, we, we, we got the point there. Now we've won this tricky away game against the team mm-hmm. we have been flying at the start of the campaign. And all of a sudden, you can just see everyone growing and growing and growing in confidence in absolutely every aspect of what they do. And it was just vital, I think. And uh, and, and for me, you could see the way that we managed the game. We even kind of let them have the ball for, for large spells, just let them pass it sideways across the back mm-hmm. four and kind of pick up the bits and bobs as, as, as and when. And obviously, that third goal was was testament to that we kind of finally decided to pick on on, on a loose pass at the right time and i think three mm. passes later it's it's in the back of the net
1: yeah i mean it was Vaughan that was pressing at that point wasn't it it was uh, i think you can see us using a slightly higher press in that last 15 minutes of the game as well um and i I like our level of harrying towards the end, without being like messy and and unkempt. But we're we we're, we're sort of putting the pressure on them a bit more towards the end. I think there's a couple of points where Hennessy's rust. I'd forgotten how little of that season he's he's been involved yeah. with. There's a couple of points where you can see a little bit of rustiness in his in his play. Um, and I I think that's just an interesting kind of side note, given given where we are now, um, and what's happening with with football at the minute and his play at the minute. But otherwise, I thought we were just incredibly solid all over the place. I think one of the things I've enjoyed about the series of games is watching Neil Taylor's play develop. Particularly, I think he's I think he's one of the players where you can really see that having. Uh, a clear role in the team and being trusted really helps his game develop.
0: I, I agree. It's a weird one actually. I was going to talk about him in the in the in the Belgium game, just in a, right. in, a in a in a slightly sad way actually. But I mean, the point still stands now: is that it's actually quite a shame to see how much he's fallen from where he was and I'm not actually sure what the difference is mm-hmm. like he was so dynamic he was in people's faces he was aggressive he looked like a nightmare to play against he was lunging about the place if it moved he kicked it and it doesn't matter whether it was the player or the man or the ball or you know he was just everywhere and, and it was brilliant and I remember watching him play uh, earlier in this season for, for Aston Villa and he just looked lost he looked so much slower and and I and I don't know whether it's confidence or fitness mm-hmm. or what. I I just don't know. Um, but I mean, it's such a shame because he was brilliant in that role. And yeah, I mean, now you wouldn't want him. You know the way he's playing at the minute, from what I've seen anyway, you wouldn't want him anywhere near the starting team, really. Which is such a shame, considering it was you know four years ago is a relatively long time, but he's still a, quite a young guy.
1: Hmm. I I think he's been so in and out of the team at Villa. I wonder whether he is one of those players that really does need the continuity. Whether, you know, we're seeing it, him at his best in these games because th- there's a kind of a, a plan and a succession and a role and he knows what he's doing and the, the, it's not being questioned. He's, you know, he's he's got his kind of modus operandi and he's in it and he's like he's in the zone. Whether... Perhaps with him being in and out of the team at Villa so much, you know, partly because of injury, partly because of form, whether he's very much a, a a player that can't, doesn't do well with that kind of cycle of in and out of games. I don't know.
0: It's interesting. We were talking about, you know, the, the way we set up perfectly suiting Ramsey and Bale, and you'd imagine that's why those decisions were made. But it actually really did suit people like Taylor, who I don't think mm. is a, not, a natural fullback in the. No. In the old-fashioned sense, he is very much a wing-back. Almost like I would say Conor Roberts is now. He's not a full-back to me, he's a wing-back. Um, and so I think maybe he's, he's not played in the position that is best-suiting of him, I, I don't mm-hmm. know. But um, just, to, just to go back to the to the game very briefly before we do move on to Belgium. I mean, if you look over the years, certainly in my lifetime as a Wales football fan, there's been very very few times that I can remember Wales going away from home hopeful of a result rather than expectant and actually coming back with the result that that they wanted I mean I don't even go so far as to include some of them like the 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 qualifying campaigns since that mm-hmm. you know where we've gone to Dublin and drawn nil nil with Ireland and, and those sort of games which have kind of been our undoing and you know Draws, draws with other teams. I'm just trying to think now. Georgia was the big one, but that was at home. But same with Serbia. Um, you know where we've kind of gone places and not necessarily always got what we were were hoping for.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think you know giving up that result in Austria away to become a draw kind of just set the set the pattern for that whole qualifying campaign, didn't it? Unfortunately, uh, going back to so this game I think you're right though I think it was it might have been the first game where we went looking for a draw and we came away with a win and yeah. it was like actually you know we we can aspire for more let's put it like that yeah. you know we can we can get more out of this than we might be doing ourselves you know more than we think we're capable of and I do think there's there's something to be said for um for going into games not kind of limiting your aspirations of, of what you can do um and perhaps this was a turning point and then obviously it was reinforced by what happened in the Belgium game.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more and, and that you know, you talk about turning points. the Belgium game is is the one, isn't it? where it's just like right, this is I think this is happening now. Um, and the, the, the you know, again, I'm jumping a bit far ahead, but uh, Rob Phillips's line at the end of the match catch us if you can, I thought was... Uh, go, we're going to France, catch us if you can. I thought was just a brilliant way to uh, to, to, end the, to end the commentary. Um, looking at the starting lineup up there, um, Hennessy obviously played in goal. And then, uh, for, the, for anyone who saw my tweets on the morning of the match, I got myself very much in a muddle. Um, but I remember being glad in a way that Gunter wasn't playing right wing back because i thought his crossing had, and, and had kind of had been very hit and miss in in recent games and to be fair like it, you know jazz jazz richards wasn't great in this one as it turned out but <laughs> i i felt his dynamism was it was great but anyway i'm jumping ahead I, I, it was interesting that i've forgotten that Gunter had actually then ended up playing in one of the the central three mm-hmm. of ash chester and uh, and gunter
1: So I think with Ben Davies and uh, James Collins being out, I don't think there was a great deal of choice really. If you assume that you're going for the three at the back and two wing backs, but but to move Gunts inside, he's obviously um, you've got more potential uh, as we do now. You know more potential to have options at that right wing back. Uh, So I think the capacity just to move guns inside and, and put jazz richards out there i think that's sort of bit of a fate accompli i think really
0: yeah i mean and if you want to go ahead and you know i've just been looking up the bench there our bench for that game i mean we've talked about this in the past so we had in terms of defenders from what i can see we had adam matthews who's a full back by trade and Adam Henley, who I had again was another one who I'd completely forgotten about, and he is a right back. So I suppose you're right; we didn't, we literally didn't have any other options uh, but to play Gunts there because no, there was no other. We didn't have another centre back mm-hmm. available. Um, so yeah, it was it was an interesting one, but I thought it kind of worked out well. I thought Gunter's positional sense wasn't brilliant, but what he lost in that, he made up for in his kind of dynamism and his in his movement around the place. Um, which I thought was really interesting and I thought again talk about what getting the best out of people I I felt like this again helped Hal Bale and uh, and and Ramsey be their best selves and equally I thought again watching all these games again I think this was the first game where or maybe the second but I thought this was the first game proper where I saw Joe Allen being the Joe Allen we know now where he was a bit dirty, he got stuck in, he didn't really give the ball away, he didn't really take any shit from anyone. Um, he was kind of always in the right place at the right time and I, I thought he, I thought again, you know, things that go under the radar a bit, I thought he had a magnificent game.
1: I can't, I can't disagree with that. I thought he was wonderful, um, particularly when you consider he, he got a yellow card relatively early in yeah. the game. It was, what, about 30 minutes in maybe um, and yet, managed to still be as much of a little annoying terrier as ever, safe, safely. Um, and I, I think that's another example of people growing, growing into their role. I think also he is one of our players, and I think Ramsey's a little guilty of this as well, one of our players that plays their best when the chips are really down. Yeah. Um, and doesn't necessarily and perhaps Ramsey's more guilty of it, but doesn't necessarily play at, at his best in the more ordinary games.
0: No, I think that's fair. I would definitely say that about Ramsey. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe not so much Joe, but definitely Ramsey doesn't play his best in the ordinary games. I think he, like you say, saves his best in, in for the big games. Not all the time, or maybe not big games, but when it matters. And I think this was, a, again, a case in point. Um, the, the game started off in a bit of a terrifying fashion where (laughs) for the first 20 minutes, we literally couldn't string three passes together. No. And uh, we we were kind of all over the show really.
1: Yeah. We were rushed and tense and careless and making strange errors. The number of balls that just seemed to go straight out of play for no, no apparent reason. We, they just had control of the game for those first twenty minutes or so, didn't they? It was it was really quite disconcerting. Oh, absolutely. You'd have thought you'd have thought um, you'd have thought we were the away team at that
0: point. I agree, and I think they didn't let us have a kick, and you know their pressure was great. The one thing I did think was a little bit odd about the setup was that we did seem to be playing almost like a three. Left all three up front. We left Ramsey, Bale, and, and, and Hal up front, and I did feel like that kind of got a bit of a tweak after about half an hour or so, where Ramsey was coming back a little bit more. And that was obviously the plan, was to pin them back a little bit and create a bit of space in behind. And I'm assuming the idea was to push them back a little bit and Bale or Ramsey, one of them, could drop deep to collect the ball in the space that had been left behind by the, by the, by the attacking players staying quite high. I, I, I mean, it just didn't work. We just kept getting overrun. Bale wasn't tracking back particularly much. Neither was Ramsey. Um, and every time we did get the ball in those little pockets of space, we tried to create. We didn't do anything with it, or as you say, pass the pass to the man in the crowd rather than one of our own players. Mm. So it was a bit strange, but that all did change. Of course, that as soon as we as, as soon as we kind of started to have a few more half chances, a bit more of the ball upfield, Hal was just he must be a nightmare to play against. Sometimes, like he was absolutely everywhere. Um, And obviously the goal comes from his chasing down. A a bit of a kind of a, a skewed ball goes back to Courtois. Hal chases him down the ball goes out for a throw in and then from the kind of recycled ball the ball goes forward again to Hal who kind of ties Denier up in knots on the on the left hand side and f- draws the foul almost I, I'd, I he'd done like a Cruyff turn to get himself out of trouble They got fouled <laughs> I was just like oh you could have the old uh, the Belgian should have remembered that little trick uh, to, <laughs> a year or so later but there you go um, and then obviously but before- it does go on
1: it does kind of feel like it's his goal in a strange way, doesn't it? Between the harrying of Courtois to even get the, the, the slice clearance and the, and the throw in. And then the, as you say, the work he does in that corner, uh, against Denia just to draw the foul. Um, he, he had, he was another player that had an absolutely exceptional game. I thought his work rate was incredible. The ground he was covering, the harrying he was doing, the pressure he was putting on people, um, I, I thought he was outstanding. I think you just forget how big and strong he is. I think there's a tendency to kind of think that, you know, Vokes was our kind of big man and and Hal was the the, the little sort of menace. But he is actually incredibly strong, isn't he? And I think you, you can see that very, very much evidenced, as you were saying, in that interaction with Denard and the and and the and the, the you know the close control while he's basically wrestling for want of one yeah. of a better word um it's it's actually really really impressive uh, just to rewind one sec i I thought it was interesting in that early part I thought ramsey in particular was leaving a little bit too much to ledley and Alan just in those opening yeah. 20 minutes or so and I think I think the you know perhaps there was a message came in from Coleman or something but just before we we score, I think there is a slight sort of twist in what we're doing, and 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 everything just looks a bit more. Uh, we're a bit more on it, and in, and the, the timing's a bit better, uh, and I and I think that was the key, one of the key changes at that point.
0: Yeah, I think uh, you're, you're right there. So I did jump on a bit there. Um... I think the one of the interesting parts of me is I think the shot that Nyngelen had and, and Hennessy made that save, I think it was around 15 minutes. That was a key moment. I think that may have been of what prompted that little tweak that you're talking Mm -hmm. about there. Um, Because he just had too much space and it was a good shot, good save. And I know it was the edge of the box, but we were in a line of about, you know, seven basically just stood in a line, hoping for the best. And that tweak needed to come. Um, Go moving forward again to the goal. Um, Obviously, a decent ball in from Ramsey, um, kind of dealt with, and we were kind of battled for the second ball. Um, I I was at that game, and I remember when Nanglean went to head that. I actually didn't think it was Nanglean at first glance that had got the header because I was actually looking at Bale, thinking, "Get on side, man, get on side." <laughs> And as their balls come over, I actually at first glance didn't kind of react that much to the ball going over because I've been watching Bale and thought he was offside. Mm-hmm. And of course, as he's, the game goes on, I've obviously, you know, as the play moves on, I've realised that it's not him, it's not a Wales player who's headed the ball to him. And of course then, you know, absolute delirium ensues. Um, but I, I remembered the the interview afterwards where he said, I thought about heading it over him mm-hmm. and when I saw him come out I decided to chest it and roll it between his legs I was like that your the calmness of thought <laughs> is insane I mean I, I mean I'll use myself as an example because I'm not very good but if the first thing that had come into my mind would have been to head the ball I would have headed the ball and it probably would have hit me on the shoulder by accident and sidled out of play for a goal kick whilst I was trying to imply <laughs> I thought it was offside, lads. Um, okay. But the, to have the calmness of thought to not only decide what to do, change your mind, do something else, which is not easy in itself, and mm-hmm. then carry out that whole thought process all in the space of about a second was yep. phenomenal.
1: No, it's gonna. No, you're gonna be taking it on your wrong foot.
0: Yeah. You know. <laughs> and, I, God, and, I just would have fallen over at that, that point. <laughs>
1: and and he's he must be seeing couture out of basically out of the corner of his eye as well it's not you know he's all but got his back to him so what do you think Nangleland was doing because he's not particularly under pressure for the header I wonder whether he's actually thinks he's dropping it back to Courtois and has missed the fact that Bale is there because Bale is sort of tucked in right next to the post isn't he he's actually
0: off the pitch I think
1: He's off the pitch at one point, yeah. And I wonder whether he's even missed that Bale is is there and so thinks he's just dropping a relatively ordinary header back to, to Couture.
0: I, I don't know. It, the first thing I thought when looking at it again on replay was I wonder if he's... I mean, that's definitely what he's trying to do. But I mean, it's such a bad header that yeah. something has obviously changed that. And I wondered whether the, pra- the press, I think it was from Charles Richards, um... Had, had maybe put him off a little bit, but actually looking at it again, he's not really that close to him. All I can no, think No, he's of, not
1: really pressured at all.
0: No, all I can think of is, is that as he's gone up and the ball is coming to him, I think he's looked up to see where Courtois is. And as he's done so, he's seen Bale coming back. And he's panicked a bit and misplaced the header as a consequence, I can't really see mm. a circumstance where it's that bad a header, because it is a simple header. So I think yeah. maybe he's come back, he's seen Bale coming back and thought, oh my god, I, uh, uh, by which point the ball's hit, you know, he's already done it. Because again, he doesn't even kind of power it back to him. It almost kind of like bounces no. off his head and goes back, It kind of loops back. The only other thing I did think again, watching it back, was, I, w- I did wonder why Courtois came and then stopped Mm -hmm. because in coming which is probably the wrong thing to do he's he's letting gareth bale make a decision and that's Mm -hmm. what you always say to keepers isn't it you know make the striker make the decision they don't want to make well in that moment all of a sudden he's letting bale make all of the decisions which is terrible goalkeeping but then having done that he's then stopped halfway Mm -hmm. um so whilst you know Ningel and rightly gets the, the finger pointed at him. I don't think he's alone in the in the blame. I, I, also, I, I also I don't think it's great goalkeeping, but taking away all of those things, you know, just to go back to to Bale and the moment and everything, the the second he got that on his chest, I remember thinking, this is it. Like, I, I knew that that was going to go in. I, there was just no doubt in my mind. And I can remember being on the top tier of the, the red-blue stand, I forget what it's called, and the second he, that ball coming down, I think I might have already started celebrating at that point. Like, as, <laughs> as the ball is moving on his wrong foot, um, I, I think I know that that's gone in. and I remember going absolutely, like, crazy. I, I don't think up until that point, and I obviously wasn't there for the Austria game, where Woodburn scored, but I don't think I had heard a noise like that at a Wales game. I I maybe don't think ever, possibly not even at the Italy game, because at the Italy game, whilst it was brilliant, there were 74,000 people there or whatever, but I think a lot of them were there because Italy were playing, not because Wales are playing. And I think, I, I, I honestly don't think I've ever heard a Wales roar like that. Um, when that ball hit the back of the net and it was like I hate the expression scenes but it was absolute <laughs> scenes like it was limbs everywhere people were jumping around and falling around I was at least three rows further forward by the time I had regathered my senses um it was an unbelievable like the the noise and the reaction and the sound and everything was just was special
1: I think it was a special night all round, wasn't it I think there was a a moment there where I think people started to think, this might really be happening. You know, some of the comments that Rob Phillips makes now it seems fine, but at the time I remember thinking, just don't say it out loud. Relax, just, everybody, just, calm just down. Don't say <laughs> it out loud. Um, but I think you can you can just feel that swell, whether it's within. The players, you know, just being able to puff out their chests a little bit at the end and think, "Yeah, we got this," yeah. you know, and the and the, I think the fans are starting to to think the same, and I think the fans are starting to appreciate that they can make a difference. That the idea of a twelfth man, you know, can can give players that just that little one percent when you need it, um, you know. To and I think that's you can see that very clearly working in in both directions there's several points where bale is waving his arms and asking the crowd yeah, yeah to get up and make a noise um and so he knows it he can feel that it makes a difference you wouldn't be asking the crowd to do that if you yeah. didn't perceive that it made the difference um and i think i think that whole the whole dynamic of what we now think of as together stronger is it's that evening
0: I was, I, I was. that's so true as you were saying that I was thinking I, I think that was the night that that bond between fans and players I think it happened in the first Belgium away game for the first time properly but I think on mm-hmm. mass I think that the win against Belgium was the game where it kind of turned and happened and you know there were moments when Coleman was doing it and you know mm-hmm. Ramsey was doing it when he went to corners at times and that, you know, that really did make a difference. And, you know, to move on to the second half a little bit, because to be honest, uh, I don't want to do too much analysis of the game because I actually don't think there's that much that we can say really that people don't already know, which is, you know, we, I, you know, we had a couple of chat how probably should have scored a second goal soon after we got the first one. But from there on in, there actually wasn't that much kind of goal mouth action. It was tense because of the circumstance. But I don't think, you know, we defended well. They didn't attack well. They fell into every trap we laid for them. Their coach didn't tactically change the game. I don't really think there's actually too much to talk about other than the fact, apologies, that it was fucking terrifying.
1: (laughs) That was one of the notes I made, actually, is when we beat them in the Euros, it felt... Like we were watching a very good game of football, which was tense. This was actually tense without being a particularly great game of football. Um, I going back to what you're saying about how's miss, I thought that was that point in the game is probably where we were playing our best, yeah. And obviously, to be 2 0 up at that point would, would have made the world a difference to the tension we've just been, we've just been, um. Talking about, and you could see in his reaction afterwards how how much he knew that could have made yeah. a difference. I don't think I've seen him react to a miss quite as as dramatically yeah. before. And it was a good chance, you know. It was one of those ones that we really, um, we really should have scored. Um, and then going on to what you were saying about the the second half, um, you know, Benteki has a chance that just goes over. De Bruyne has a chance where Hennessy is all but a spectator, um, and and he misses it. So that you know they're making chances, but it doesn't feel like we're being peppered, or and you know what? Yes, we're kind of. I mean, there are points where we're definitely hanging on, but it's more that I think it's more that we're hanging on from a an energy level rather than a what they're throwing at us level.
0: No, I agree. I, th- I mean, you. you... That game was in June. It was the end of a season. And Mm -hmm. I think there'd been two weeks since the FA Cup final. So I I think there were players who hadn't played a competitive game of football for about a month, like, Mm -hmm. properly. And then all of a sudden, you're going into this pressure cooker environment. And, you know, Gareth Bale was knackered. He came off with, you know, I don't think he had any carbs left by the end. (laughs) Um, But you're right. You know, De Bruyne has that chance. Um, Benteke has that chance and there's nothing else really I thought we kind of let them have the ball in midfield Hazard I thought was brilliant in the first game and didn't really do much in the second game Um, I I just thought we kind of I thought we handled it well and like that's a great example what you said there it was we were watching a good game of football but it was tense this was just (coughs) a tense game of football wasn't it that's that's a great uh, analogy actually Um, and, and I think you know just to go back there the the moments if you like between the crowd and the players i think on, on about the hour mark or 65 minutes was the first time again that i can remember the whole crowd properly singing the anthem mm-hmm. loud and it was like it was unbelievable like i'm getting goosebumps thinking about it again and again it's things that i hadn't heard before we sort of went through the songbook i, I got i heard calon lan get get an air in at one point mm-hmm. and um I think that was the the day where everyone realized their value to the team be it the players the management the 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 fans everyone realized what they could do and that rendition of the anthem I again like going back to being at the match I I cried when we sang the anthem at the start because I knew it was going to be the last Wales game I'd see for a long long time because I was moving to America a month later then we did this on 65 Minutes or something like that. So I started crying again there. I the people, like my mates were like, what is wrong with you? I saw <laughs> your life out, mate, you know. Um, and then, of course, you know, we kind of get under the sea- get under seizure a bit in the last five minutes, really. Um, and again, the noise, that was what I was going to say, sorry, just quickly. The Belgians, when we sang the anthem on 60 Minutes or whatever it was, 65 Minutes, everyone applauded and I looked across and the Belgians were applauding us as well. Like they were (laughs) applauding. It was so, it was an unbelievable experience and atmosphere. But yeah, going into that last 20, uh, last few minutes, things again that I'd forgotten and was reminded of. When like Hennessy comes out and makes a catch or the ball goes out for a corner at one point, the noise from the crowd is as if we've scored. Like that was (laughs) the reaction, the cheering and stuff. It was, it was unbelievable.
1: Yeah, I think there's a point in the game where our players are clearly so tired, so out of energy, um, that the simple act of singing, and as a crowd trying to share your energy with the players, just just makes a difference. I don't I don't think we can we can underestimate that. Talking about it more from a kind of football point of view, I was surprised that the substitutions were relatively late, given given how tired the players were. I think it's one of the things that got me a little anxious at the time. Was we were definitely running on vapors, and yet it was it was quite late in the game before um, before Coleman made any any changes. I
0: was just, to be honest. I think that was more a case of I don't really want to rock the boat here. Everything is Mm -hmm. going so to plan. This is such a fine margin. It's the last game of the season. They're all going to have a month or two off now. I honestly think Coleman's mindset was sod it. It'll be fine. Like I think the only reason he took bail off because he, I mean, he couldn't move.
1: You couldn't move.
0: Yeah, you know. So yeah. I, I, that was my take on it. Was you know it was a bit alarming, but ultimately it was just a case of I, like I don't want to change anything. I'm scared, basically, and and I, and I to be honest, understand that. Um And you know what, you're right. Everyone was running on fumes, but the the, the Belgian players would have been the same. And I think it just yeah. showed more on us because we hadn't had the ball that much in the last ten minutes or so of the game.
1: Yeah, they. I mean, they got quite sloppy in the last. Ten to fifteen minutes as they were pressing more as well, didn't they? There was a string of errors on their part too, so I think everybody was feeling it by that point in the by that point in the game.
0: Oh, absolutely! I mean, I, I was bloody knackered, and I was only I was pissed still on the side, <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah, I, I I do very much feel their pain. It was uh, yeah, it was just an unbelievable game, and you know, from the tactical side of things, there's not too much to to kind of go through. Like I said, I just think it was.
1: The- do you think? Do you think Hazard had a, had a shout for a penalty with that tackle from Williams about, uh, what, maybe 15, 15 minutes into the second half?
0: Uh, yes and no. Like, I watched the the Belgium game from the Euros straight after this, like, went in to watch the second half because it was on UEFA TV. Um, and I was uh, reminded again of the and one and it was Ash both mm-hmm. times. Yeah. I think today with var and 330 reviews of it and whatever else i think someone would find a way for that to be a penalty Mm -hmm. but i think in real life i just it's not it's not a foul he's caught him but i mean he's not foul you know it's like football is a contact sport ultimately that the argument isn't that he's got contact, because otherwise, every time he stood running next to someone, you'd have to give a penalty or a foul or whatever. So it's not just about the contact. It's has he fouled him? Has he is f- he impeded him? And I just don't think he has. And it's the same with the nine and one in the in mm-hmm. the in the semi in the quarterfinal. Sorry, I, he's just not impeded him. He's just felt the contact and hurled himself to the ground. I don't, I don't think either are actual fouls. Yes, there's contact, but I, there's, they're neither are fouls for me. Are they, was it for you?
1: No, I was more. I found it more interesting about how, in both cases, how the Belgian players reacted. Actually, I, I thought that in other circumstances with other players, with some histrionics, it might, you know, it might have had a different, a different outcome.
0: I can understand that. And, I, I, and, oh, sorry.
1: So I was just saying, I, I thought both of them were kind of play in the way we would hope people would play. And and I think that helped us, actually. I think it, it meant there wasn't any pressure on the referee to make decisions in either situation, really.
0: No, I agree. All I was going to say was I, I did find it quite interesting in, in that, in the quarterfinal as well, I felt like when we scored, when Hal scored the second goal, I don't feel like they were like right head down let's get into this Let's grab this game by the scruff of the neck and and blah 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 i I think they did they weren't enjoying playing for wilmot's i i think they thought they'd probably have enough you know they didn't need to beat us per se um Mm -hmm. and i think that that kind of showed in in not just that moment there but their performance in general and at the end of the match I didn't really think they looked that bothered by it, to be honest. I, I felt like in hindsight on the night, I felt like we just wanted it more than them. Um, which I, I think was probably was true to be fair.
1: Yeah, I think it was. And I mean, ultimately they still won the group, didn't they? You know, they took, yeah. they took one, one point from us and still managed to win the group. So, you know, the, the, their kind of the point that they were on in their qualification journey is quite different from us in that particular game. Um, And I think that might have
0: that might have played out as well. No, as you say, in how much
1: they needed it versus how much we needed it.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, having them having qualified for tournaments recently to that and and obviously our famous failure in that department, I think I think (laughs) that and the whole atmosphere, you know, it was a classic sort of, you know, what I think people kind of term British football as, you know, where we were kind of. Blood and guts and thunder and the, the crowd will get behind you. It was raining, you know. We'll nick our goal and we'll we'll kick you for everything and that you're worth after that. And I, you yep. know, it, it was a cliche in action, I guess. But um, I think for me, and I and I had a bit of back and forth with someone on on Twitter afterwards, and it, and I think it was only bettered twelve months later. But I think at the time that arguably was probably the most important win I would possibly even argue in the history of, of Welsh football certainly in the in the history of modern Welsh football um, in terms of where it took us it's a big question I know but I mean in terms of where it took us and the confidence it gave us and everything else and yeah there have been other kind of statement wins but I don't think they've been followed up I don't think they've had the impact that that one did not just on the players but on the fans as well
1: I can't disagree with that I think in terms of the door that it opened i think it's the most important win i think as i think describing other wins the statement wins that's actually a good way to categorize them because they they are interesting and informative and headlines but they're in a box they don't lead to anything this this leads to everything that you know that becomes euro 16
0: and, and what Welsh football is now, I think. Um, and, you know, the, the, the prime example of that for me is you look at the bench and the depth that we have now compared to then. Um, and don't get me wrong, there are still a few lower league players in there who are, who are big parts of our team. But, I mean, we have got some very strong benches and, and players who can really make a difference for us rather than th- someone just filling in. Um, and again, I think that all came from that. I remember uh, I was chatting to someone from the Barry Horns many moons ago, and his argument always was that if Wales had qualified for USA '94 and Paul Bowden scores that penalty, um, what happens? What happens now? What is happening now? Sorry, would have happened in '96 instead of 2016 instead. And and I think it's hard to kind of argue with that. The 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 groundswell of of support and the finances that come into it. And more and more people want to play for a country who will be seen to be appearing in major tournaments. And, you know, it it just is a, is a massively positive, vicious cycle, if that's a thing. And, and it just gets, it grows and grows and grows and snowballs, not vicious cycle. Um, It snowballs and gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and I think this win started that off, obviously getting across the line, did what we needed to. And then what happened in 2016 itself, uh, speaks for itself and, and you can see the rewards in in that today but it was uh as i say i, I just it was just a brilliant brilliant night and a massive win
1: no i think momentum is really important and i i agree with what your friend was saying i think you only got to look at you know as an example the republic of ireland under charlton to look at what happens how how qualifying gets qualifying as it were yeah, you agree. know and you you can see that in a lesser extent with what we've done uh, as well. You know, we we the World Cup. It was the one we should have qualified, but we got to the last game of the qualifying rounds, which is such an improvement on the, yeah. on some campaigns. Yeah. And 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 then we've qualified for the next one. So you know, it's I do think it. You get to a point where you go into games thinking that. You have the capability of doing what you need to do, as opposed to hoping you have the capability yeah. of doing what you need to do. Yeah, and actually, I wonder, in a strange way, whether that's part of the issue with Belgium is that they've never really had to fight for a game the way we had to until until it they got to the quarterfinal with us, and then they really had to. You know, they were in really in a position where they were being asked questions, and they hadn't actually. You know, driven that road before, um, and didn't have the kind of fortitude to get to get through it.
0: No, I think that's fair. I mean, th- I think that helped them as they went on and progressed in the World Cup, mm-hmm. getting to the semi-final, and, you know, coming third in the World Cup of 2018. We were very lucky. I thought up until that point, probably the best team in the tournament, certainly to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. It was, you know, it definitely helped them, I think, in the long term. Look at us, helping Belgium. Um, Claiming an assist.
1: <laughs> well, uh. they're nice. They're nice. They were nice to us. Weren't? No, genuinely. It's like what you were saying about the crowd applauding the anthem. Their reaction after we won in Lille. I mean, they've been genuinely very generous to us as a, as a football kind of relationship well there you go
0: thank you very much for listening to our analysis and waffling of two vital games our mini podcast series this one is almost an hour long Um, there you go (laughs) but thank you for listening ladies and gentlemen we will be back with some more mini pods soon actual mini pods we'll also be talking about the final reruns of the qualifiers uh, next week as well but yes thank you very much for listening ladies and gents and goodbye
1: bye bye